0: Good morning! Welcome to the Authentic Rob G Podcast. I am Rob G and it is Monday morning. So if you are on your way to your job, I want you to think about what you've got going for the rest of the week and are you excited this morning? How was your weekend? Did you do anything fun? Did you have Saturday and Sunday off? Did you sleep in? Did you stay up late? Did you party? What did you do? I ask this kind of in a way that is almost got a punchline to it because the punchline is Monday morning. So here it is, Monday morning. It's 7:48. I'm on my ride into the box, and I used to feel like that. What I'm saying that is that is the uh, misery that is the end of the weekend. That Sunday night, seventh grade i got to go to school tomorrow, pit in my stomach, which I could never stand when I was a kid. And I thought it would go away when I got a job and was a quote-unquote adult. And the truth is, it never went away. In fact, I think it might be worse because, as an adult, you've got responsibilities. So, you know, it's not all fun and games all the time. But the point of this podcast is going to be Why do you have that pit in your stomach this morning? Uh, I don't have it anymore, actually, to the extent that I used to. You know my story, I work a 9 to 5, I build a company outside of that. Well, when I was only working a job, I always had that pit in my stomach Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, you getting the idea? because not that I don't like work. It has nothing to do with it. I value work that is good. I value work that produces good and produces results of goals that a person has for themselves and their family. But the problem that I had was my job wasn't doing that. My goal, my dream... I always wanted to do my own thing. The thing that I wanted most that I could not figure out how to do for many, many years was a dream that started, get this, my first job in my industry of education right after college. And I'm going to tell you a little story, it's a short one, but it's very, very insightful. This is 1980. Eighty-nine, I think it was, 1989, I got my first job. I was a graphic artist for a, yes, a newspaper. A newspaper was a thing that uh, was essentially a large, m- many large pieces of paper folded together with black type and some pictures on it that people used to read every day to get their content. And I was the guy who designed the ads in between the content you were reading. So, I was actually using markers and pencils and things like that to draw on paper to produce these ads, these designed ads. So, I remember being very excited about it. Of course, it was after college, you know, I'm, I'm out there in the real world, so to speak, and I'm doing something that I actually really like doing, uh, but... The reality of it came one day, not, had didn't have anything to do with being a graphic designer or my future as a designer. It had to do with my future uh, life, daily living, how my life was going to be on a daily basis. And I'm going to tell you what happened. It was about June... In 1989, and I, you know, I live in the tri-state area. I live 20 minutes outside of New York City, in the suburbs, and I would have to cross a bridge to go over the Hudson River to go into Westchester County to a little town called Harrison, also uh, basically borders White Plains, if you're in the area. And I work for Gannett Newspapers and I remember a Friday where I was at work and it was a decent shift, I got out at 4.30, so it it was all good, I still got out a decent hour and I remember, it's basically, you know, June is like the start of summer, the summertime, I shouldn't say summer vacation because now, you know, I, I got a job, so it's not like school where you get off for summers, which to me is incredibly ridiculous and doesn't resemble anything in the real world, I'm a big proponent of year-round schooling. My kids don't like it very much. But I was excited to be leaving because my thought was, I think I'm going to go to the beach this weekend. So as I'm packing up to leave, I was really uh, about 13 miles from my house to the office and should be about... uh, I, I don't know. I think it's about 20-minute drive. So I was excited because 20 minutes I'll be home. I'll call my boys. We'll make plans. We'll go to the beach. We'll do whatever. I was excited. Just finished up a great week in my new job. I'd only been there a few months by that point. So things were still fresh. The charm was still there after a few months, as with any job. And I got my car... And I pulled out of the parking lot and pulled onto the service road. And then I pulled onto the New York State Thruway heading northwest towards my house. About five minutes from the bridge, from the Tappan Zee Bridge. And as soon as I merged onto the New York State Thruway, I came to a dead halt. And I was, my first thought was, ah, jeez. A car accident on a Friday... Is going to hamper my plans big time. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, I hope everybody's okay. You know, I don't want anybody to get hurt or die in a car accident, of course. I hope they're okay. But then my next thought is I hope they clear it up soon because I got plans. You know, it's the weekend. It's, It's the beginning of summer. This is after Memorial Day, so things are kicking in big time for party mode. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking around and we're at a dead stop not even a crawl, we're at a dead stop, but we're not moving, and I thought about it for a second. I'm looking around, and I'm looking at the other people in the cars, and they don't look happy, and they have, you know, a face on, like, they are just ticked as all ticked could be, and I remember it was something my dad taught me about one time. My dad was a, a supervisor at eighteen t and he did a lot of, I don't want to say traveling, but he drove around from site to site all the time, so he was all over... Uh, New York and Connecticut and upstate New York, but he would drive around, and he would experience lots of different kinds of uh, traffic patterns, and he was to tell me about them, because as a kid, what the heck do you know about traffic patterns, you know, you hang out in your neighborhood, hang out with your friends, you drive a total of five miles in a day, but you feel like you lived a lifetime, so as I sat there, I looked around, and it dawned on me, I went, oh my gosh. There's no accident. This is summertime, Friday afternoon traffic, and I'm telling you, it hit me like a thunderbolt because in my head I thought, I cannot do this for the next 40 years of my life. I cannot sit in traffic for hours at a time when I'm only 20 minutes from my house, 13 miles away. I cannot sit in traffic my entire life, and I'm going to tell you something. Here is something that was really interesting to me later down the road that was kind of cool at the time, but I had no idea what it was going to mean for my future. And This has nothing to do with my brain, necessarily. I think it was a moment of divine inspiration and maybe foreshadowing because, while I was thinking about, oh my gosh, I'm sitting in rush hour traffic in the tri-state area on Friday during summer, probably the worst place you could be. Another thought came into my head immediately after, and it's something that my dad always used to say. My dad, by the way, is a phenomenal human being. He can fix just about anything. He always did. He did it to make money when he and my mom were starting out with a couple of little kids. My, me, me and my brothers, when we got older, he, we used to go around on junk day around our neighborhood and, and find TVs and stereos sitting in people's front yards waiting to be taken away to the junk because they didn't work anymore. And my dad would fix those and sell them. It was unbelievable. In the early 70s, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but listen. In the early 70s, people had a television set. And if you were all that, you had a color television set in your living room. And the family gathered round nightly to watch it. We had color TVs in every room in my house because they were somebody's junk, and my dad was a wizard and he could fix them. I had a color TV in my bedroom when I was when I was barely a teenager. And in the '70s, that didn't happen. People thought we were rich, but we were not. We were we were well off, um, family-wise, and we did just fine financially, thanks to my dad and my mom, very hard workers. But anyway. When my dad came across something that he didn't quite like the way it worked, he would say these words, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. This vacuum cleaner isn't quite doing the job. I mean, look, this is going to break. There's got to be a better way to build this. There's got to be a better way. He used to say that about any kind of little job that we would do. We'd be like, oh, you're doing it that way? Oh, there's got to be a better way. And so those words were were drilled into my head subconsciously because I didn't think about it at the time. It's just something my dad said. I thought it was something that everybody said, honestly. But as I sat there in rush hour traffic on a Friday during the summer, looking around at all the unhappy faces, and here I'm a fresh-faced kid out of college. I'm starting my career. And now I'm already miserable thinking about the next 40 years of my life. My next thought there's got to be a better way. And I was taken away in my own mind by my next thought. I thought, what is the opposite of what I'm doing now? Going to an office, doing, doing a job that I liked, it was, that, was, that was cool, and been sitting in rush hour traffic and doing this every single day. What's the opposite of that, I thought. And, and my mind just went on this little dream sequence. And I thought, what if you could actually, now keep in mind, this is 1989. This is way pre-internet. This is pre-personal computers in every home. I mean, we had one because we were fortunate enough to, I had a dad who was interested in that. But we had a desktop computer in the basement. They used to do word processor stuff on there and other junk like that. I thought, what if I could live on the beach, have a beach house, sit on the deck and look out at the ocean while having one of these notebook computers, that's what they called them back then, and, and nobody had them. They, they were just something that was invented basically. Rich people had them, but these notebook computers, I'd have it on my lap and it would sit there in a t-shirt and beach pants and no shoes on with an iced tea and the sunshine and the ocean breeze and the seagulls chirping in the distance and I can run a business with one of those modems if you don't know modem is something that used to connect you to the internet with your computer and I thought that would be awesome. I didn't have a notebook computer I, didn't have, I had a modem at my desktop computer at home. Didn't really do anything with it except connect to America Online AOL. Irrelevant now. And I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know what business could be run from a computer and this internet thing that was coming. But the dream was there. And somehow, thanks to a dream, I always kept my nose peaked for opportunity, and and I didn't find it for many years later. So this all leads up to something that, you know, if you're driving in traffic, I'm in traffic right now. It sucks. It's like, it's a throwback. It took me a long time to find the thing that I wanted to do, but when I started this podcast, I said that I don't have that pit in my stomach much anymore. I mean, I get a little bit now just because it's more of a, it's a frustration that There is something that I could be doing right now that excites the heck out of me, but I still need my job to pay my bills. And that's the part that provides that little pit, that little thing inside me that gets me frustrated. It's not the same as when I had nothing going for me and nothing to look forward to. There's a saying in prison. It's like the ultimate... uh, it's, it's it's the ultimate insult to another inmate. I heard this from somebody one time. Not an inmate. I don't know any inmates. But the saying is, you got nothing coming. That's why they have the behavior they have in prisons because those guys, a lot of them, they got nothing coming. Nothing to look forward to. So what's the difference? Well, I felt like that one time for a long time, for many years. I got nothing coming. But I was lo- looking for something. And when I found it, I found it through... a. If you follow my YouTube channel, Savvy, and if you're following me on Instagram and Twitter, you know that I am in the design, branding business, logos, websites, brand identity, strategy in the creative field. That's what I do, and that's what I love. I absolutely love it. And that's the company that I build outside of my job. And that's when I'm not at my job, that is what I'm doing. And so, this Monday morning, as I'm driving in, I'm looking forward to my week, and I think about all the things that I'm going to be doing that excite me and that make me happy. And it's funny because it's two sides of the same coin, but right now, as far as my job, it doesn't make me happy. And so that's not good, but at the same time, I'm the happiest I've ever been because I've got something I'm looking forward to doing. My big question for you is, do you have something you're looking forward to? I know you're not looking forward to Monday morning when the weekend is here and Sunday night comes. But if you don't have anything to look forward to in your life, why not? Why not? I was just listening to Gary Vee. A little while ago this morning and he said something that actually sparked the idea for this morning's podcast. Sometimes I don't have the inspiration until I'm driving already and he basically says that why aren't you doing what you want to do? We live in the greatest time in the history of the world as a human being right now, 2018. It's now October 1st. 2018. And he said it, and I believed it before I heard him say it. Because I produced a video on that before I heard him say it. Not that I'm some kind of trailblazer, I am not. I'm not an expert. I'm not some kind of guru or trying to be one. I'm just a guy with an opinion and a perspective. And if you like what you hear, just keep tuning in. We'll talk more about it. But I do believe this is the greatest time in the history of the world to be alive, to be a human being. And it's all because of that thing I didn't understand back in 1989 called the Internet. And because of the Internet, the technologies that came with it, namely platforms of social media called YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, has leveled the playing field for everybody. There is no reason why you cannot pursue the thing you really love. And actually make a living out of it eventually if you don't want to if you want to what is it you want to do I'm gonna throw out a challenge to you here here's an easy way to find out the thing that you want to do because I i talk to people who don't have anything to look forward to I'm working with some of them in the box right now these days and they don't have anything to look forward to They don't feel like they have the necessary skills to compete in something else besides what they're doing right now. Yet the thing they're doing right now is quickly becoming irrelevant and they don't know what to do because they don't see themselves employed in the same job in the next year or two and in the same industry long term. And They're only in their 40s. So Here's an easy way to find something to do. What do you love to do that when you're not at your job, you're doing it? And I'm going to say something that 25 years ago didn't make sense to anybody and honestly didn't make logical sense. Back then, they used to be like, you've got a job and then you have your hobbies and they're separate and you work for a job for 40 years and you get some kind of retirement package and you retire and that was when I was going through college, became the biggest untruth going on. There was no more retirement packages. But you had your hobby and your hobby stayed your hobby. The beautiful thing about the world we live in today is I teach my kids this. Now, I I got four kids and I got two, my oldest kids are in college. One is in graduate school, the other is in her junior year of college and they're studying what they're studying and they're gonna go into their field of education and get a job. Which is what I taught them to do, eventually going to their own business, learning on the job, but then opening your own business because I don't believe in job long term. Short term, yes. But what I told them was when I was their age, you had five jobs in your lifetime. You know, you would get fired or you would leave or whatever, but you had about five jobs. The new statistic came out somewhere in the, I think it was the late 90s, maybe 2000s. The statistic then became, you are going to have, when I say you, uh, if you were in your 20s and you just graduated college around the 2000s, the turn of 2000, you were going to have five to seven careers in your lifetime. Not jobs, careers. Let that sink in for a second. Most people spend $200,000 on college for one career that they hope would take them through their lifetime, life expectancy being somewhere around 80, 85 years of old. So you're going to do that for 50 to 60 years? Um, the other statistic says no. So you can't. So what are you going to do? Spend another 200000 on college? For the second career, it's not going to work. Do the math. I'm no math genius. That doesn't equate. So, what do you do? Well, if we live in the greatest time to be alive in terms of opportunity, and we do, then you take your hobby and you turn it into your next career. Whatever you love to do while you're working your career, think about that becoming your next hobby. I mentioned Gary Vee, the guy worked for his dad in the liquor store, took it from a $3 million a year business, which his dad busted his butt to make back in the, I guess, 70s, 80s. Right, the 80s. Gary took it to a $60 million business. He leveraged the power of the internet to do it. He understood something early on that most people still are debating rather than doing. And that's the... Opportunity to be able to market anything you want and sell anything you want via the internet is the easiest time in the history of the world to do it right now. You, years ago, you needed a, if you were to start a company, you needed a PR agency to get the word out. You had to have them write copy for you. You had to have a photographer take pictures, hire an advertising agency to do the advertising for billboards and newspaper and magazine ads. You had to have a design agency print up collateral marketing materials. A marketing person to understand what to put in those materials. You had to hire everybody to do this because you couldn't do it yourself. And now today, thanks to a computer and the internet, you can have an idea for a business and you can go on that computer, open some piece of software in which you can quickly design something. Download, you know, if you're basically literate, you can write your own copy and learn how to write marketing copy if you just read enough blogs and watch a couple of videos. Learn how to do it. Get it printed at Kinko's for next to nothing if you must print, but really you don't even have to because you can make that content and then just distribute it on social media. Put it out on Facebook, put it out on Instagram talk about what you're doing on Twitter, and look, if you're not a writer, don't worry about it. You're a performer. Go to YouTube and just talk about it and post it up there and share it to the world for free? Are you kidding me? Really? And you don't know what you want to do with your life because you don't know how to do it? Listen, the next university is called the internet. You don't need to spend six figures on an education. You can spend time when you're not at your job and learn how to do anything and have that be your business, your next career. So When I discovered the power of all that and had enough self-awareness of what I was good at and what I was not good at and developed enough self-confidence to just go for it already and stop dreaming about it, It came together and took me a while, but it doesn't matter. I'm not in a race against anybody else and neither should you be. Your only race is run by you of what you could possibly be doing to win for your family. So what are you doing? What do you love to do? And look, go find out how to make a business out of it part-time until you can get out of your job to do it full-time. That's what you need to do. That way you can have that good feeling on Sunday night thinking, yeah, I'm going to my job tomorrow, but that's not really that big a deal because, man, I'm just excited about what I'm doing. For If you want to call it a side hustle, I don't, but people relate to that. I don't do anything on the side. To me, it's an equal endeavor to the time I put in during the day. I put in for myself all of the times. But go ahead and do it. Look forward to something. Have something to look forward to. Don't live your life wondering or keeping up with the Joneses or thinking about what somebody else is going to think about your idea. Forget what anybody thinks about they are not paying your bills. And so if I did have one thing going for me or do have one thing going for me right now, it's that I don't care what anybody thinks. I stopped asking for people's opinions about things, about my design, about my idea, about whatever it may be, because I only needed, ready, I only need the information that is proven information, and I get that on the internet. Instead of asking my friends or my family members what they think about something when they don't know squat about that because... Otherwise, they'd be doing it. I go to the Internet. I go to the influencers that I listen to and read about most who are experts in that field and see what they have to say. By reading what they write and listening to what they say, I have access to their knowledge and their brains. And that's what you want, access to an expert's mind. And the Internet has allowed us to do that. So listen. Think about this seriously. Now it's the beginning of the week. Do you really want to do this for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years, depending on how old you are? Or do you wish you were doing something else? If you're happy in your job, I'm not putting that down. I'm talking about the few of you who felt like me, where you wanted something else. There had to be a better way. And If you're looking for a better way, find the thing that you love to do, learn about turning it into a business opportunity, learn how to run a business, learn basic business skills, learn everything you can become a deep expert in that field, and then go for it, man. Just go for it. I want to hear what you have to say. You can respond to this. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter, at AuthenticRobG. You can find me on YouTube, my channel Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y, where I talk about design and business, And life on your own terms. post content up there every week. About three videos a week are coming out. Talk about this stuff. And I want to hear what you say on those platforms. Tell me you think I'm a nut. Tell me you don't like me. I love it. Tell me you love me. That's fine. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for everybody who thinks like this. And wants to join me in sharing their journey. What works for them? What works for you? What are you looking forward to? I want to hear what you're looking forward to. I want to hear what you're doing. I want to hear what you've done that's work that you're going to continue to do. Hey, or what about whatever you're learning? So hit me up on those platforms. This has been the Authentic Rob G Podcast. I thank you for listening. Have a great week.